Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Words from the B-Side with your girl, Nita. I'm glad you guys are tuning in. I know that I have been gone a while and I'm always gone a while. It's so funny because as much as I love my podcast, consistency is not my best friend. So for those of you who stick with me, I'm beyond grateful and have so much gratitude for the fact that you like this and you know you you rush to see what I have to say. <laughs> but anyway, I have been just kind of, you know, we're in the quarantine situation. I think I have put out a podcast since we've been on quarantine, but Being that we're in this quarantine moment, I've just been kind of trying to decide what direction God wants me to go in. I'm such a busy bee that sometimes I don't sit down long enough to hear him. And so I've been sitting for a while. If you notice, like my social media has become very chill, not too silly or promotional, but just real inspirational and me. So I do think I kind of love that space that I'm in right now, the space that I'm kind of creating out there in the world for people, because I really want people to be able to connect to the journey. I think that's important. I think a lot of times we get lost in the fact that there is a journey because some of us show up so put together and it's really false because that put together sometimes is only put together for the moment. You know, we are always a work in progress. So I've been very happy to be in that process and really just letting God lead me. So I hope that you guys have been doing the same thing in this season, in this quarantine season, because this is the time for that. Like when we get ready to get back out there and start living again, what did you learn? You know, what are you applying to your life right now based on the stuff that you've been experiencing? So just don't lose sight of that because it's so important to make sure that whatever you were supposed to get in this time that God shut the world down, you actually have gotten. So I'm still working on that, still working on me, but still present. So again, glad you guys are Here with me, I'm excited about this episode because I have some of my best friends who are also dynamic um, women, business owners. And so, you know, I'm going to say a little bit about what they do, or they're going to tell you a little bit about what they do when you listen to the interview, but always happy to have them on and share who they are with the world and who they've been to me. And I think that when you listen to the interviews that I do with them, you see the connection in the chemistry, like it's 20 years, so... I always love to to experience them and let people experience us. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode where we're going to be talking about colorism, specifically because back in the day when I was blogging, I used to be so heavy into just education in the black community and how we treat each other. And I used to blog about everything. It wasn't just using my life as motivation, but I was really researching. And back then they released these episodes uh, brown girl, light girl, dark girl, I'm sorry, light girl, dark girl. And it really got under my skin because even though I feel like I'm really neither, I'm not a dark skinned girl. 
And so I never picked my friends based on it. I never really indulged in color. But when I looked back over my life after watching those documentaries, I realized how much colorism did play a part in my life and how I was treated, how my grandmother was treated, how my cousins were treated, how my family behaved, just the whole thing. So I hope you guys enjoy it and connect to it and watch the newer versions that have come out. Oprah um, actually redid both of them and I love them. I thought they were great, but it does break my heart a little bit how we treat each other internally as women of color, as black women. I'm not even going to say women of color, as black women. So that's a little bit about what I've been up to and what the episode has been about. And before we get started, I got a couple things that I want to say, because, you know, I like to share things with you without running too much overtime, because, you know, I can talk and talk and talk and talk. We are in an election season right now, so we're going to get into the, the, the street word. Because what's happening in the streets is important to all of us, and we should all be connected to what's happening in the streets. And right now, we're in election season, and Vice President Joe Biden has just, you know, nominated Kamala, I want to make sure I'm saying her name right, Kamala Harris, who is of Indian and Black Jamaican descent. And I don't know who this is for, but I'm going to say this, Jamaicans are Black. I just want y'all to be clear on that. She is the first woman of color that has been nominated on a major ticket. And I mean, that's historical. It's big, right? But she's been a public servant for many, many years. And I don't know as much about her. But what I do know is that a lot of the things that are being said about her and a lot of the slander that's coming out about her is unfair to her. Because you're put in a particular situation and you do a particular thing and and people are never going to be satisfied. People are always going to be upset one way or the other, whether you do, you go left, you go right. You can never satisfy everyone. And even though I understand she has a record and black people in California are very upset with her, the systemic oppression of African-Americans in this country is so much deeper than the position that she was in. And I just want people to understand that she's not the system. And if you participate in criminal activity, you are going to be prosecuted differently than someone who is white. So when we start committing crimes and we start doing different things, I really want us to remember that the law was never set up to protect us. Eight years with the black president, not very much changed in the black community under him because it's bigger than him. It's bigger than the office of the president of the United States. I just want people to be clear on that. I want people to be fair. I want people to understand that what I also see in her is that no matter what she did in her position, we have to afford people grace and we have to ensure we understand that people can grow and change when they are presented with different information because different information can change your mindset around something. And maybe one day she was able to do things that wasn't upstanding. Maybe she was able to prosecute every single black person and and put them in jail for long periods of time. Maybe she was that until she took a step out because this episode is so, so much too about what she may have experienced as an Indian Jamaican black woman in the United States of America. We don't know what she went through. We don't know what colorism issues she might have experienced. We don't know what her self-esteem was. We don't know what her self-image was. We don't know she felt she had to prove something and what she was. We just don't know. And so we can't judge her based on what we assume. 
And that I think is the problem with me hearing all of these black people say they are not going to vote or that they're going to show up and write somebody in. I want y'all to know something. If you write someone in, it is a vote for Trump. If you don't show up, it is a vote for Trump. And it is a vote for Trump because regardless to the shenanigans that have happened over the last almost four years of this administration, his base is strong and they support him. They will go over a cliff with him. They will run into a building that is on fire for him. So I need you guys to be clear about the judgment calls that you make. People change, people grow, mindsets are transformed, information is introduced, people can change. Just like you said, Joe is an old white man. And I just, let's just keep it real. Joe is an old white man. There's probably a very slim chance that back in the day, he didn't understand what his privilege was, or even yet today. But he served at the hand of the first black president of the United States of America. And I am very much so hopeful that he has been introduced to new things that would transform some of those mindsets that were very separative. We have to be graceful as human beings. We are not graceful. I see so many comments and so many things because people will judge you based on what they seen of you or what they know of you instead of what they know of you now. We all have such a problem with that. I need people to be more open-minded because the reality of the situation is we can all change and none of us want to be seen as who we used to be. We want to be seen as who we are today. So just be graceful. Do your research. Don't let talking points that you've heard about Kamala and Joe be what you judge them on. And be very clear that when you when you elect someone and you put them in office, you then have to continue to follow up and keep them accountable for what it is that they that you elected them to do. Be mindful of that. So that is all that I want to say about that because I don't want this episode to get too much into that, but I really wanted to make that clear because we are in a season where people are so judgmental. I've had to start deleting folks and just changing what my timeline is showing me because I have control over what I consume. So just you guys just keep that in mind because it, it has really been driving me nuts. And I'm going to leave it at that because I just want you guys to take that into consideration. So anyway, before we go into the interview, I want to say something else that I have learned over the course of this time period before I let you go, because I, I want to give you guys just a mindful moment. This is a moment of self-reflection, self-awareness, where you can connect to something that you may not have known or may not have thought about or something that you needed to give yourself some grace around. I want to talk a little bit about relationships for just two minutes. And I don't just mean romantic relationships. I mean family, friends, everything. I want you guys to remember that you don't have to tolerate and take things that are not conducive to your growth, to the person that God is calling you to be, to the place that you are destined to go, to the impact that you are supposed to make on those around you in the world. When you cultivate a certain level of growth in your own life, and your own spirit is at peace, nothing and no one, regardless to their position, 
should be allowed to penetrate that space. And I have been learning as I have been getting really good at the block button, really good at the delete button, that I just am not able to allow certain things to continue to be in my life that I don't have to accept. That is family, that is friends, that is everything. Even when I go to work, I have started to be very adamant about what's going to work for me and what's not. You know, I have been very clear about what I will allow and what I won't, what I deserve and what I don't. And I want you guys to understand that just because we are saved and we believe in God and the Bible tells us to turn the other cheek does not mean that turning the other cheek means to continue to accept what you do not want to accept. I do not believe that God wants any of us to suffer and to go through things that we do not need to go through or that we do not have to go through. We can say no and we can be really good at saying no to the things that do not serve the lives we want to live. So I'm going to let you guys go with that mindful moment just because somebody needs to hear it because I did. I have cut off a lot of relationships in quarantine and I've also rebuilt some and they have been It has blessed my life to embrace and release because we need both of those things in this world. We need to understand how to let go and we need to learn how to hold on and we need to learn how to be graceful and forgiving and loving and compassionate. And we need to be able to see change and accept it. And whatever we don't want to accept, we don't have to. So anyway, I am going to let you guys get into the interview with Calvina and Jaquel, where we're talking about colorism. I really enjoyed this. I hope you do too. And I'll see you guys on the other side of this. Let's, let's talk. So the reason I did not want to do this on my own is because even though I could talk and talk and talk, because that's what I do, um, I really <laughs> wanted to get perspective because a few years ago when I was blogging under Shanita's voice of reason y'all know I done transition 500 times um I initially watched the first two documentaries um light girls dark girls and it just really touched me and it touched me for so many reasons because for one I don't know the experience as a darker skinned woman and what things they go through as children and stuff like that because I wasn't cruel so you know when I had darker skinned friends it didn't really bother me especially when I lived in a predominantly black community or when I went to white schools because black kids gravitated towards each other and just to see the experiences that they had and the way that they were spoken to and how it impacted them even as adults it was just really hard for me so you know I, I even some of the experiences that I have had as a black woman and not being a darker skinned woman, but still being able to be picked out and picked last because I had a more fair skinned friends, you know, because I hung out with fair skinned friends. I noticed those differences um, more so as an adult looking back, but also just that it was more attractive to people to gravitate towards lighter skinned individuals. So uh, the remake came out and I watched them on YouTube and I felt just as moved, you know, because there was this woman, beautiful brown skinned woman who was sitting there 
in her own, in her fullness, living her life, looking good, feeling good, and went to this childhood memory. I think I was telling Nay yesterday, goes to this childhood memory of somebody calling her a tar baby and she's crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, like, why are we so cruel to each other? Where does this come from? And of course, these documentaries give back in stories on how colorism even became a thing in amongst us. My problem is why and how in this day and age do we fix that? Because I still see it showing up so heavily, even though we are evolving, there's some transition happening. They're putting browner skinned women more at the forefront now, but it's almost like they have to make it a point to let us know, oh, we put these browner skinned women out here mm-hmm. who will outshine any light skinned woman in her, in her regular clothes and she ain't even done up and she way look way better than this light-skinned girl and on her best day and i just think that we should learn to value each other regardless and so what i really wanted to do you know after seeing those and how it impacted me how it affected me how it brought me to tears listening to these little girls talk about how they wanted to kill themselves because they didn't feel good about themselves these high school babies wanting to kill themselves because they are dark-skinned and wow. it, 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 it just took me aback because my baby girl is brown skin, you know, so what do I give her in this house so that when she goes out into the world that she's prepared for whatever comes because she's not a light skin or a bright skin girl, you know, what do you give her? So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your experiences, like what have you noticed? What have you seen? from your perspective as a browner skinned woman, because both of you are a little browner than me, even though I don't like to accept that, you know, as the truth, <laughs> you know, I mean, Alana told me the other day that I was not brown. <laughs> Case closed then. Case closed. From the mouths of babes. Thank you. No, she's no, it was, it was hilarious because she was on her iPad. She was like, mommy, I want to play the brown Barbie game. Cause you know, of course I'm like, I want you to play with brown dolls and mm-hmm. you know, I want you to, As you I, want, right, I want you to have things that are a representation of who you are and what you look like. So you can find beauty in, in that. And so she's like flipping through the iPad, like where's the brown Barbie game, mommy. So we get all of that together. And I said, oh, she brown like us. No, mommy. She's brown like me. <laughs> shut down. She shut down real quick. She was like, ho, ho, ho. The color wheel that the teacher be showing me. <laughs> you ain't on this side, mommy. You ain't on this side of brown. <laughs> this ain't you, boo. But you can dream if you shall dream. So I don't know which one of y'all would like to kind of go in first on... What do you feel about the the issues that we have even amongst ourselves, how our kids talk to each other, how they interact with each other, you know, based on how they look instead of just embracing each other? I, I think no it's, kids. oh, go ahead. Mm, I was like, I don't got no kids, so I'm going to let. Oh, <laughs> I don't know because, you know, I can tell it affects my son sometimes in the way that he chooses to say things or express things. Like he does not yet identify people by color. Mm -hmm. Um, He identifies them by like the color of their shirt or the way that their hair is. So he's still in that, that stage. Yes. Um, But he will, 
I noticed that when he's like using these characters on the games, they're lighter versus rather than darker. And I'll be running in the room. And I'd be like, so why do you ain't choose this one? This one, you need to choose someone a little bit more brown. Right. Like mommy. I'm like, oh, okay. But, you know, he has it in his mind. You know, he, but he doesn't yet identify people in that way. Um, for me, you know, it's, it's always been a battle for me. Be, like, I think growing up in New York, let's see, I didn't even realize that I was darker than most of my friends. Um, I think we were playing, I had to be like seven or eight, maybe eight or nine. And we were outside playing and I don't even know how, I don't know what we were doing, but somebody was like, oh no, you black like Choco Bliss, like the cake from the store. And I was like, like it, like it didn't, it didn't even bother me because I didn't real, I didn't realize it until that moment. But after that moment, it was like, well, dang, like, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me? Right. And, you know, kind of since then, you know, it's always been, you know, light versus dark. Like, you know, like you said, the lighter, the lighter skin person or the fair skin person in the group or in the community or whatever is the person that is favored the most, whether they are the most beautiful or not. Yep. That's just the way it's been. And so I had always kind of felt a certain type of way, like, okay, well, I'm not pretty, you know, my nose is big and my skin is dark and my lips are big and thick, but, you know, I had to eventually teach myself because nobody poured into me that, you know, you're beautiful because of your brown skin and your dark skin. And I kind of just had to find it in myself so that I wasn't feeling crazy all the time. And then when I actually took a look at the people that like, uh, like, like the lighter skinned people around me, you know, I'm like, well, you ain't hitting on a whole lot. You know, some of, some of y'all fly, but some of y'all ain't hitting on a whole lot. So, you know, there's beauty here too. And I think, um, I don't know if you remember Shanita, but when we were in the army, I almost like, I would almost come to blows with people if they would make jokes about my complexion yeah and I don't know if you remember um what is it with what is his name um but anyway he's darker than me and he was calling me blackie and I was like Woo! stop I'm not playing with you I will fight you in this street stop playing with me and even when I met Billy he will always call me black I'm like listen if you like me okay cool but what you're not going to do is but call me brown out. I okay don't, I don't like it it's not funny. I don't think it's funny. So stop. So if you want to continue to interact with me, that joke is done. Oh yeah. And, and he was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, you know, he, he knew you were playing. So he thought it was funny. Got it together. <laughs> but yes. it was not, it was not funny to me. I will come to blows basically over somebody who's joking with me about my complexion because I don't think it's funny. It's a very hurtful thing. And wow. then, you know, when you have people who come at you with a backhand compliments oh you're so pretty for a dark-skinned girl oh i hate what that does that oh, mean i hate that oh i hate that well what they does reference that, mean? Am I supposed that a to lot say thank you am i supposed to be grateful that you just told me that like how am i supposed to feel about that yeah so what does that mean how do you feel about other dark-skinned women yeah yeah, they referenced um, that in the documentary where it's like, you're not really complimenting me. You're still kind of putting me down at the same time because yeah, you're still acknowledging, compliment. right? You're still acknowledging that I'm darker skinned, but you're trying to tell me that, oh, well, man, you're dark, but guess what? You're still pretty. So 
how am I supposed I, to feel about that? Right. Right. Even, and exactly. And I've you know what I'm had saying? Guys tell me, you are so pretty to be dark skinned, but I don't date dark skinned girls. Yeah, girl, right. But that, I mean, girl, we all indoctrinated into what the standard of beauty mm-hmm. has been, right? And yeah. It's to be. And I think we get, we should give ourselves credit for sure for how far we've come um, just as a culture, right? And how we've progressed. And it makes me think of like the pendulum has to swing. And I think we're swinging a little farther to the other side in order before you really found your balance kind of in the middle. So like when you were, Shanita, when you were talking about like people being very, overt about like see we're putting darker skinned women out here and trying to represent as they should and we yeah we say they should have been and all that type of stuff but we know why it hasn't been right we know right we understand that it hasn't been because your standard of beauty is still on a scale that's being judged by european standards yeah judged by our culture and our heritage and our ancestors our standards of beauty weren't what was actually um cast out as this is what works and what's right right exactly and especially when we're talking about how we integrated into a society right Mm. we try to come into your space and be acknowledged and honored and seen and heard by Mm -hmm. you which means that we had to conform to a standard that was not originally our own come on come on yeah so from that, yeah, that's why in 2020, we still deal with a lot of shit yeah. that we deal with when it comes to colorism. Yeah, that's yeah. how just talking about the psychological aspect of it and having emotional triggers, like Jay is talking about, like when she was a, a kid being teased and not even initially even realizing like, wait, is that a bad thing? That right. I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm different, but... Yeah. is that really different and especially if, if you're a child you get that there's a difference and i put that in quotes but you don't acknowledge it as something to be uh compared to it's like oh you're this and you're this. it's just fact right it's not something mm-hmm. used to to be a separator better than or less not that way right it wasn't yeah. a value system yeah. in your head right when you were a child right until you were told and taught something different right and so that's how we can see, you know, just yeah. traces of that now in 2020 and dealing with that as older women and having some of those childhood issues be triggered. And why Jay is like, look, you will get mollywhopped if you still come at me crazy. Right. Because I'm not going to accept it. I'm not, I'm not with the shits with you. Mm. Um, and I'm with you on that, Jay. Like that's not a, that's not a area for you to think that you're going to somehow downplay who I yeah. am yeah. by referencing my skin tone. Like, mm-mm. and that has taken years of work. Because mm-hmm. also, like, as a child, yeah, I grew up in a predominantly Black neighborhood and all that type of stuff, but I was very much in programs that I was the one and the only. And then as I got older, mm-hmm. was in a career where one and only right yep. so being a child and even my cousins and things like that especially on which is funny like both of my so 
both of my parents were dark skinned. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Just country in the sun, melanated, rich and deep. Yes, honey. Mm-hmm. All of that. Sand from the earth. Um, <laughs> so they, they weren't going to do nothing but have some good, darkly, richly mel- melanated babies. That's right. Um, but what's really funny, you know, genetics being what it is, there are lighter skinned people, of course, both in my, on my mother and father's side because of, you know, that's just science, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have most certainly been in circles, even with family at times, depending on where we are a mixed bag. Like we have right. darker um, skin of us. There are some that are metal round and then we got some light brights. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Real heavy light brights, right? So it wasn't one thing that we didn't do as a family. And I think which helped to fortify and helped me to grab onto as I got older, we weren't at each other about our skin tone and skin color, right? It wasn't like, not in the way where it was, um, we were really mocking each other until we got older, where it was like, you're just gonna have to take some of this, you know, kind of Uh those types of like jabs. However, like being in certain friend circles and things like that, I have been the darker skin one. And seeing how society treats my fair skin friends, then they treated myself, right? Yeah. Who got the attention and who didn't? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? 100%. So, I mean, that has very much been an experience. Yeah. Now, as I've gotten older, you have to do the work on why you may even have some of your own unconscious biases against women who are um, fair skin. Yes. Boo, your struggle ain't as hard. But you know it's funny that you say that. Because in the in the when you say your struggle is not as hard, you know they had, of course, both both sides and they have their own things that they have experienced because they aren't black enough, they aren't white enough, right? So they too have had those same struggles. And the and oddly, you know, I come from a family that is very fair skinned. Mm-hmm. And our color comes from the fact that most of the women women married darker skinned men because they were very mm-hmm. much so fair skinned. Like y'all done see mm-hmm. my granny, all her sisters mm-hmm. are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that's because grandma Geneva daddy is a white man. Mm-hmm. So, but when you look at me, you may see that there's some stuff in, in my gene pool that ain't all the way African-American descent, right. but I live mm-hmm. my life as a black woman. Because mm-hmm. that's what I really look like, like a black woman. And you are a black woman. Let's that's not, right. Let's not mix that up at all. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I'm almost, not mixing it up. No, I'm because... talking about for those who might be listening. <laughs> let's, not, let's not cut no cards. Yes, yeah, we no. all are And I, and I am for real. I am a descendant uh, removed from Angela Davis. So I'm all the way black, okay? <laughs> so I just want that to be clear. I love being black, okay? And so, you know, for me, so being in my family, you know, some of my aunts are darker, some of them are lighter, mm-hmm. you know, like some people are married to white people, some people are not, and just all of those things. And I, and I see the issues of skin color and how they feel better being lighter in my family. But, you know, it's funny because I never had an issue with my complexion, but mm-hmm. in high school, all of my very good girlfriends were always fairer skinned than me. Mm-hmm. Now, my mama, y'all know my mama, y'all know that. 
Deborah. She always told me I was cute. It's probably why I always do it to Alana. Cause I'll be like, hey, oh, you're so cute. Hey, beauty. You know, I always do that. So I always try to feed her mm-hmm. um, those positive things because I never want her to have to go outside this house and get it from somebody else. But I also realized that in high school was the first time I actually noticed that I was not being looked at the same way that my girlfriends were. Mm-hmm. And you know, no harm or disrespect intended to anyone, but walking in my truth, I'm cute. You are cute. Okay. Cute, I'm just gonna walk on in my truth. And some of these lighter skinned girls that I've been hanging out with ain't that cute. They ain't they ain't as cute as they you. just ain't in that same pool of aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> And in you your know, opinion, in my opinion, because beauty is right. an eye of the beholder. But I mean, if we if we are talking about aesthetics in my mind, I know that I can compete. Okay, right. if, if it was necessary, I don't need to compete with nobody. But you know what I'm saying. You know, mm-hmm. and just it's the same way I say. Um, me and Jay went to Jamaica. I was a nobody. When I tell you, they was all <laughs> over her. They was playing me to the left, like we don't care about you. Who is that? Right. Okay, <laughs> and they was all over that chocolate skin. Like, okay? with this sister right here. Every, every you know, island so... I go to is like that. Every That's... island I go to in the Dominican Republic is like that. They they coming up to my bosom and they looking up to me and okay. they, they in my face. Sir. <laughs> they appreciate that. But that's what their standard of beauty is, right? We live in America. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, yeah. But it's and we, crazy. When we get closer to our ancestry, when we get closer to where our culture is actually... They um, accept. More- but you know, it's funny, even in that time where it was really one of the first times that I recognized light and dark being in high school was really lighter and darker, even though I'm not dark, but you know, darker than some. And so that was really like the first time because I never, I never picked out color. You know, I never discriminate against people. My family is full of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I look at these little girls crying and they're going through all of these different experiences and the fact that kids don't see color, they play with each other. They don't care what each other look like. They don't mm-hmm. care what's wrong with the other person. They don't care what color the person is wearing. They just want to be friends. Now, I am one that believes that I want you to see color because I want you to see me as a black woman. I mm-hmm. want you to appreciate the beauty in me and my culture. Right. But yeah. I don't want you to treat me differently because my skin is different than yours. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. that it's embedded in our community because when white people created this middle breed of African Americans that were not accepted on either side because they were a mix of, mm-hmm. of our ancestors being raped by these white men, you know, um, and initially is how we even came yeah, into this mixture. You know, it, it really is a shame that that group of people in the middle have had that struggle that they have, but also created a situation where the people who are darker are also not being accepted because they are not fitting the standard of what we're trying to be like nay said earlier and she made a really good point when we try to fit in instead of create our own way our own way forward in our own path we push aside our own beauty because we're trying to be comparable to something else that mm-hmm. we don't we're not that's not our thing yeah you know and so because even now when y'all look on instagram and you look at the articles and you look at all these girls are light Mm-hmm. And the light girls have African-American features. So right. I feel, you know, we not even getting into that because that's a whole other podcast for another day, but to take from the black culture and not appreciate the black culture 
and then with internally not respect each other, even though you see what has happened to us, is a very big struggle for me that I am yeah. trying to figure out how we overcome as a people. I don't know. I think I think we overcome by actually elevating the conversations where we do actually do that, <laughs> where we do actually support one another. If you look at our friend group, we are a mix. It's a mix. Yes. Um, the color wheel is within our friend group. Yeah. And there we may, of course, you, you know, because we get on Shanita only because <laughs> she be hardcore like she dark skin, but she not. <laughs> she want to be. She want to be. Dark black. and brown. She want to be. Black. <laughs> many, many, many years we have had to be like, Shanita, baby. Yes, you are a black woman. <laughs> You most certainly are melanated. However, comma space. Down in my soul. Down in my soul. You are not dark skin, and that's okay. You are beautiful, honey. You are not dark. I respect my blackness. Oh, power to the people! Oh my God! Right. But I think that's a part of that is elevating more of the conversation where that is the average, where you have friends who are of different um hues and tones and you know um experiences and backgrounds and all of that type of stuff because that is real for us that is Mm -hmm. real for us a lot of things that are cast toward us aren't accurate of our actual experience and that has been the commonplace for many many years yes the tide is starting to turn when you look at the media like you mentioned earlier um when you look at some shows And of course, we have to point back to things like girlfriends and things of that nature, where there were different um, skin tones represented. If you look back at, um, what's my girl with Queen Latifah and them? Living Single. Living Single. That was, they were different tones. Oh, yeah. You see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Of friend groups. But the fact that I'm like, and I named two shows. You know what I'm saying? How long ago? How long ago was that? Forever ago. Exactly. And also, I mean, if you think about it too, like we are turning 40, right? Mm -hmm. And depending on which freaking chart you look at, we're like the... um, I'll be turning 40 last. Just wanted to make that clear. Say what? I'll be turning 40 last. Say that again. I'll be turning 40 You had to bring that up? You had to say that. Either way. Either way. Back to you, Nay. I saw you some, but I wish my camera was going so you could see my face. <laughs> okay, girl. Um, either way, like we're at the, um, I guess the be- the end of Gen X, beginning of millennials. So depending on who you who you ask, mm-hmm. if you really think about it, we grew up like in the mid to like. I would say like, if you really take thinking about like formative years when we were thinking about these types of things is like late eighties, you know, nineties, right? That's kind of where mm-hmm. we, where we were really formed in the sense of the shit that we have to be on the therapist's couch about now. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that shit is still real fresh. Yeah. Like we just, yeah. we just hitting 40. Yes. That yeah. generation where we really did, where it, colorism was a real serious thing where yeah. it was light skin season right we oh. say shit like that right team light skin team right. brown skin i'm like like that's how still a real thing. thing how that is a real thing Bella, i was so people. disturbed by yeah. that yeah. right right like we that should be team us 
that was we are thirteen percent of the population. It should be team us. That yeah. was that was in our you know high school, middle and high school and college years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Girl, yes. Like, and it was it was very prevalent. So I'm not surprised that there's still not even remnants that it's still very much prevalent in. And then, gosh, you think about our parents too. And some of the shit that your mama and your grandmother and aunties would say. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because they went through an era of, they went, talk about assimilation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They being darker skinned, that's when it was really ingrained in them. And then if you even mention the things that the generalizations and the stereotypes that come along with being lighter skin or fair skin and darker skin. So, you know, if you dark skin, you, you angry and you got an attitude exactly. and you can't, you can't possibly have good hair. That's not a weave and you cannot be mixed and have good hair. Right. But you know, you, you lighter skin, you more pleasant, you easier to be around, right. you get along to be, be along, you know, that type you of passive, you're a pushover. Yeah. I have had, they actually right. on a documentary, they had a couple of men who actually said some of the things that y'all just said, which mm-hmm. blows me away because I don't know any woman, white, black, Asian, Hispanic. I don't know any woman who is not going to give you an attitude if you do the wrong thing to her or say the Mm -hmm. wrong thing to her at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Why is it the black woman that can't have grace in being a black woman and, and haven't been mad? Why are we mad? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why we're mad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, we like the most (laughs) underrated Use group of people in society. Yes, everybody take from things. us. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. take from us. Everybody expect something from us. Everybody need us, but don't nobody want to give us the respect and the props that we deserve. We got to work harder than everybody else. Yeah. We got to show up stronger than everybody else. We got to shut the hell up so we don't make nobody feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They better. They better talk about why we mad. <laughs> That's very real. But and a part of that is. Also, too, that indoctrination, mm-hmm. what's closer to white and what's not, right? Yep. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because if you even think about those characteristics that they would give towards fair skinned women, it's how they thought about white women. Yep. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, like very submissive and yeah. and doing what their husbands and their men said to do. Mm-hmm. They weren't argumentative. They were very uh, good housekeepers and really clean and this, that, and the third. Like that was the perception, right? <laughs> Who was that their was housekeeper? That was oh, the okay. perception. Okay. Right? That was the <laughs> ideal that they were putting forward. So then, of course, if you're far from that, if you want to take humans down to their basic ways of actually thinking and not like we're actually complex beings, which is, that's what, that's really what blows me. Mm-hmm. Like we're so multidimensional in so many ways and our brain capacity and the way that we could utilize and stretch it. But yes, let's be on the scale of white and black. And, you know, if you're not white, then you must be the opposite of this. Mm-hmm. And we just took that on, right? We just took those things on because as we grew up in America, as we started to, as we got away from what we took as our stories and 
our um, narratives and our standards at home and started, mm -hmm. they were, and started gathering those things from the people we interacted with outside of our community, what we saw on TV, what we heard on the radio, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you really think about that, and especially as children, you kind of stop listening to your parents and the people who are like the authority figures in your life and yeah. what your friends say or mm -hmm. And you know, they picking up bullshit from anywhere, right? They are, everywhere. You, you know what I'm saying? And you in your magazines and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So what was fed to us wasn't... Self-love. You know, it wasn't the melanated version It wasn't. The most... Yeah. So many it, other things. It wasn't the um, most melanated version. Right. It was... Like the, the darker skin. It right. wasn't. It wasn't. It was lighter. And even those who were, they were light in. And they still do that shit today. Ooh, listen, mm -hmm. I actually, part of the documentary was also talking about um, how in Africa, they are damaging themselves and their babies because they are putting bleaching cream on their babies. That Ooh, is and you know problem. what? I'm going to tell you, when I traveled to India, mm -hmm. um, I remember huge not being, oh, I remember not being acknowledged at all. Even though wow. I was from America, I was completely ignored. And the young lady that I was with, she was a white girl, but she was very pale skinned. Mm -hmm. And there were people from Africa who had come to stay in a hotel because we were staying in a really nice hotel that the my job had put us up in. Mm -hmm. And I remember them saying like, you will be under the radar because as a person of color in this country, you are like, poor right wow fair-skinned people are considered to be more wealthy so they get more attention and i thought to myself even in the weeks that i was there i would turn on tv and the the things that they would show mm -hmm. about us they weren't positive things they were showing mm -hmm. new jack city right. so mm -hmm. when the world thinks that we are dark-skinned drug dealers thieves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's why it's so hard amongst ourselves to accept the beauty in all of what we have because even where we're from and originate they don't accept that dark skin is beautiful mm -hmm. and I guess I, my struggle with that is we have to all be accepted because when people look at us as a culture they're not going to differentiate black in me from black in Jaquel or black in Calvina we all going to be black to them Right. Mm -hmm. So why not stand together as a people and accept all of the beauty of us? And I like to see us celebrate our darker skin sisters. But like I said, I sort of do have a little bit of a problem with the way they doing it because they acting like they doing them a favor. Yes. Darker skin women been beautiful from day one. Yep. But it's, you know? it's necessary though. It's necessary. Like, like I was saying, the pendulum has to swing the other way. We don't, yeah. we don't go from one extreme and then settle right in the middle ground. Yeah. There mm -hmm. has to be an oversaturation, which it's really not. I mean, let's right. it's really not. Yeah, it's really it's not, not an oversaturation. Um, but it has to be overt. And I'm okay with organizations kind of fucking it up a bit and yeah. and being like, wait, wait, wait. All right, you're doing too much. Yeah, you, you're looking. You're looking real just extra yes <laughs> bring bring it back just a little bit yeah, you know what i'm pump, saying pump your break just a little pump little. It, right pump your brakes so i'm not exactly i'm not completely mad at people getting it wrong in the sense of like here look see and we'd be like okay we see so what else you doing 
yes and you know what i'm saying like okay what's what's the next ad campaign actually going to look like right um let's actually do do the numbers and and look at the amount of shows where you have a darker skinned woman that's the front runner and she's not some bitchy mad um you know version of Mm -hmm. women and then also okay what if she is bitchy and mad it's plenty of white women who out here yes we're seeing karens all over the internet who act way worse than black women and or the same i guess my thing is getting to the point where we normalize human beings that Mm -hmm. all different like we all some of the same shit there are nuances there trust and believe because there's a difference in experiences however comma space like normalize that yes bitch i'm awkward i'm funny i'm Mm -hmm. angry i'm petty yep you know what i'm saying i'm slang and i'm proper that's right i'm I'm everything i'm (laughs) everything because i'm gonna tell y'all you know what a good example of that uh me and they talk about this a lot is when i go to work i am such a y'all know i am such a dynamic person I can hang with the best of them. And I hate to call it cold switching because I like to think that I am really me everywhere I go. Like, I just can't help myself because I think (laughs) me is pretty daggone dope. (laughs) And when I go into these rooms, I will never forget three years ago, I had to go to a meeting. And because I was a team lead, I had to go to a meeting with all these people. And I walk in the room and... There are about 26 white men in this room. And I walk in as the only person of color and the only woman. Mm-hmm. And I think I might have called one of y'all that day because I was like, well, what the hell is really going on? That this is still what's happening in the year that we are living in right now. That I could walk into a room of people in charge and I am the only black person in charge and I am a woman. Yeah. And you know, I think it has made me aware that I en- I enjoy bringing the richness of who I am to every situation. I think we have to learn to embrace that, right? Because we are different. We're never going to be like them. I don't care how much we try, how much we try to talk like them, how much education we get. We are who we are and there is beauty in that, right? And so we could walk into these rooms and we don't got to go in there all extra and all of that, but relishing the beauty of your differences and how rich our culture is, how people take for from our culture how people you know try to take our culture as their own how much they've taken from us because they want what we have naturally because we are naturally beautiful people as african-american people of all colors and shapes and everything we just there's just so much fullness and richness in who we are and i want us to be able to accept that as our children go to school like i said i you know watching the documentaries and these babies are crying and com- some of them are committing suicide because they are dark. Mm. How do we love them enough? How do we give them enough individually? How do we affect the collective with our individual actions? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do we do? Because there's so much beauty in you, Nay. There's so much beauty in you, Jay. There's so much beauty in me. What do we do? Because we can talk about this problem that has existed since they brought us here 
This, this, this issue is embedded in us by those who enslaved our people and brought us here against our will and, and robbed of, of our culture and created this divisive situation between us. And now we have to work internally to fix that. How do we individually do that? It's such a mess to me. It is a mess. I wish I had an answer for you. Mm. I mean, you know, I always got some, some opinion. Yes, come on, come, come on, on, come on now. Bring us a word. Bring us a word. Well, you, know, you know, I always got an opinion, you know. <laughs> come on here, boo. That's what we got uh, you here. <laughs> but I think you, you spoke to a bit of it um, before. But I, a part of it is us getting back to our culture, back to our richness. Um, and that is happening more so. It is. It is like that is becoming more that really the things that we are doing that we probably didn't do so much in public um, and maybe didn't share with all of the people within our circles um, that really honors and acknowledges um, our culture and our ancestors and getting back to those roots, right? Mm -hmm. um, connecting to those ways of being and living and showing up and representing ourselves um, is just becoming more prevalent. And also in a way where, <laughs> to your point of people being like, oh, let, I like that y'all do that. Let me take that. Mm, that's not appropriate. You don't, know, <laughs> you don't know what right. certain rituals is for and things of that nature. And you just out here doing shit. Yes. Anyway, but I think that's a part of it, right? And because that allows us to get to know ourselves. And I think that's, that is um, where some of the gap is. Like we have tried to learn about us outside of ourselves versus mm -hmm. looking to our ancestors, looking to our history, right? That's beyond slavery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know we definitely own that as Black people because that is a part, a very heavy part of our story and has shown us our courage resilience and all of that type of stuff so we're not knocking it but like okay going beyond that right um i think that's one thing is really getting more connected and more um grounded uh to our roots our ancestry our culture because then you you're having more conversation about it right you're learning more so then you are increasing your lexicon you're increasing your experience and so then you can give that to the generations that are around you like you know right your peers and stuff and then those that the generations that are coming after you which is the point to what you were saying earlier Shanita about how you speak to your daughter and Jay how you speak to your son mm -hmm. like you see that he has it you like mm, you don't want him to be a little more brown because yeah maybe you know what i'm saying yep so really affirming like, just, our children. like don't get stuck on that that i'm light brown don't get stuck on that baby okay you, brown. Okay. you all the okay. way brown. okay you better take after your auntie you better take after your auntie and be, and be dark skin in your mind <laughs> tell him to call me i'm not Ooh, in your mind baby your avatar <laughs> your mind, that baby's avatar and her mind is dark yeah, that's right um but i think that is it it's like affirming our children in in the home to prepare them for mm -hmm. a world that may not be as kind exactly as acknowledging um and i'm hoping by the time that they are our age they won't have to have as much of this conversation but we have to think about the years of indoctrination that we've had mm, come on at least give us mm -hmm. at least the same amount of time to unlock some of that shit and to yep. release it right because trauma wounds are real 
You know what I mean? You, we lock this shit into our DNA. And Girl, that's, that's where it is, Nay. Like energetically, yes. that's just real. That's where so, it's at. The fact that we're even having the conversation more openly now is key to identifying those gaps, key to um, unlocking some of the healing that has to happen in order for us to completely get um, to a place where we don't, it's not as much of a thing to have to even worry about saying, and we won't have to worry about representation in media and the things that we consume. Um, but like really, like I said, getting connected, acknowledging more of the things that we have been doing and in areas where this is commonplace, like it's mm-hmm. not a big thing. Um, colorism is not a, a, a necessarily a topic of decision-making. And that's the thing, it, it being a topic of conversation is not an issue for me. It's when it's a dis, now a decision maker. Mm-hmm. That's, but should that's it be, where, but know, should that's be a decision maker issue. conversation? When, when we start putting it in, when it's a decision maker or a, a, a scale of value, that's where the problem lies. Well, mm-hmm. I don't like that scale of value because I think it takes away from the fact that we're all valuable and we right. amongst ourselves, because you know, that's the bigger issue for me amongst ourselves. We have to lift each other up. And you know, as we go through this whole Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that, it becomes so even bigger for me because you know, I live my life with my best friends are all different. Nobody's the same. Everybody's different. Like you said, if you look at us, we all on different spectrums of the color wheel. Color is no thing for me. I don't look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I might think this one man might be fine. He might be light-skinned. This other one dark-skinned, he might be fine. I don't have no, that's never been an issue for me. My mm-hmm. stuff all over the place. I have different people all in my family. That's, but it's an issue for so many people. And for me, I feel like as we're going through this time, we see we are our biggest allies. We got to stick together. That's this it. should not be a situation where I look at you and value you more because you closer to white, because that's what that all is. You're closer to white. White is pure. White is right. White is better. Mm-hmm. No, if white was better, they wouldn't have everything in the history books that belongs to us saying it belongs to them. So yeah. we've got to start standing together and, uh, and valuing the beauty in who we are because all over the world, we ascend from dark skinned people. We ascend from, we ascend from blackness, blackness, not lightness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and, our great, 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 great grandmama, she black, y'all. She black, she blackity, black, black, black. I mean, and even in the beginning, in the beginning, then there was light. They was black. Was, it was what first? It was darkness. And this what I'm saying. Come on, come on, Jesus. Come on, use her, Lord. Use her. Use Calvina. But I, I think I think a part of, I think a part of it too is us having to like I said again elevating the conversations where it is like um, I think there is a change there should be a shift in not to police your language but it's not the start because we have been we have been supporting one another we have been acknowledging and elevating um, our sisters right 
regardless of their skin tone. We have been doing that, that work because if we hadn't been, we would not even see what we see now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just as women, okay, if you fair, that's fair. Yeah. The women, we are the ones who push that narrative forward. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. We are the yeah. ones who do that work. That's so if true. we had not have been, because we are naturally community builders, that is what we do. We build community and we nurture that's and we right. elevate. We are natural elevators. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's if you really want to talk about bonding, because when a man is the bomb, but he really get equally yoked with the right woman. And come on, come on. He what is, happens? He, he elevates, elevates to the next level. We really do. That's so right. the things that we are seeing that even <laughs> some things that are a little too, um, maybe to the extreme and you just like, all right, Wody, well, you ain't got to tell us that you, every little thing, like, see, look at her. She's dark. We got us a dark skin one here. Who right. Like, okay, right. we got it. I struggle with that we a little bit. We wouldn't see, we wouldn't see that if we weren't, if we hadn't been doing the foundational work yeah. that's necessary and in the way that um, we elevate one another, in the way that we elevate and support our men in our community. Like, it wouldn't be a thing. We are the movement. Hey, black women. Like saying we are the movement that we have to start doing something. We have started. We so are maybe maybe not. We have to start. We have to. We have to continue to approve upon and the work that we have been right. doing. Right. And like we that. have to continue yeah. to elevate and uplift one another and celebrate yeah. all hues, all colors. Right. No matter what we look like or where we come from, we have to make each other feel good. We have to make each other feel wanted. We have to make each other feel like we are everything that we are because we are everything. We are and everything and more. Yeah. Acknowledge and don't it. jump you know? on the bandwagon with the team light and the team dark. Yeah. Don't sit there and be passive. If yeah. somebody is being disrespectful to anybody, whether they're lighter than you, darker than yep. you, stick up That's for it. what you know is right. That's and right. And put the shenanigans to the side. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Not around me. You're not going to do that. That's, That's right. That's right. You know, so we need to, we need to do more of that to sticking together and right. sticking up instead of jumping on the right, like, on the right side or the left side. Let's say, wait a minute. Let's look at this as a collective. So yeah. We're here together. That's it. Because, you know, I, there's been plenty of times that I've been like, okay, well, we might have to call somebody for the bail money because if Jay fight, I'm going to have to fight too. <laughs> so if somebody says... I don't think they got nothing to do with your skin color. Why? <laughs> you know, somebody mess around with that whole, oh, you cute for a dark skin girl. Then she decides she wanted that, you know, boogie down to come out. Then <laughs> have to fight too, you know. And so here we okay. go. So we None have to be on cool. each other's side with that all extremes all, all extremes all extremes you know, whatever it takes to stick up for the cause so <laughs> i mean i i really you know i know we could go on and on about this issue because it's so very deeply embedded in our community even just how we are with each other and i know that kids will still be harsh i know mm-hmm. that they will still be mean mm-hmm. kids are some of the meanest little I don't even want to call them what I really want to call them. Right. And then, and that is fascinating. That's very fascinating. Um, that they, because what, because they don't always come from the stock in which they represent when they go out here and treat these kids like this. That is very true. You know what I'm saying? They just learn this behavior and they decide that that's who they need to be Mm -hmm. for whatever reason they need to be when they're amongst their friends. And I would just like us to keep, 
having the conversation to keep pouring that out into the universe so that whoever needs to hear it will be able to receive it and start to show up differently around whoever it is to affect that type of change because the change happens as we individually start to do things that impact the space that we occupy Mm -hmm. because we can only do what we can do as one person to affect the next person that we touch yeah that's the most important thing right that's the most important thing to me is that we in some way even if we don't touch everything bringing awareness to the fact that it is still very hard as a dark-skinned woman to live Uh in the united states of america and abroad because this Mm -hmm. is still an issue for darker skinned africans Uh you know darker skinned you know caribbean dark skinned puerto ricans haitians and dominicans indians asians dark-skinned yes. Chinese people yes. everywhere that you have a darker skin mm-hmm. is a problem yes. for it's a problem because yes. lighter skin has been made to be so so right and I just want yeah. us to keep elevating that conversation so we can make everyone feel included that it is an inclusive situation we are all human we all have the same issues we have the same struggles we go through the same stuff and we got to meet the same maker at the end of all of this whether you realize that or not you got to answer for your same shit we all doing the same shit we all got to answer for the same shit we all Mm -hmm. all bleed red so just be aware that the way that you deal with people on a regular basis may impact how they show up for themselves Right. Something you say to them may affect them in a way that makes them feel inadequate. How dare you? Mm-hmm. How about you think about that? How would you feel if somebody did it to you? And it, and I think that's why I had such a passion around it because you know, black women and girls, all the things that I have experienced in my life, and all the thing, all the black women that I have been around and touched, and the stories that I know, and the stories that have been told, we have to be here for each other. We are all that we have. As black women, we are our strongest allies and we got to be there for each other, whether we light, brown, dark, whatever it is. Period. So, you know, that was really why (laughs) I wanted to have this conversation because as a lighter skinned woman with a browner skinned baby, you know, I give her everything Mm -hmm. because she's everything. Mm-hmm. No, and I don't want anyone to ever be able to define her. I want her to define her. And so as parents, I feel like we have to, and I know Jake can attest to this with the African-American son, because even with my son, I feel like what I give him is going to have to be what he takes out in that world as mm-hmm. an African-American man to right. say, I'm worthy. I'm enough. I can do this. I don't need anybody else to tell me no matter what I look like or, or any of the things that I have or whatever, I'm still enough. And that's just what I wanted our girls to know as I'm looking at how they struggle with their color, how they're crying in their Mm fifties. Somebody told they were 10 that they weren't good enough. I just, the audacity of people to speak into somebody's life to a point that affects their life, their whole life, Mm -hmm. the power, life and death is in the tongue. We have so much power and we don't even recognize the power that we have. We -hmm. have to be careful how we speak to people, what we speak into them. We have to be careful. We have to be mindful. We have to take care of each other. And that's why I wanted to have this 
conversation with my very best friends who know me better than everybody in the world. Because <laughs> things like this, I'm so passionate about. And I know that you all bring such a value to what it is that I do. And you bring such a value to who I am as a woman. So it was important for me yeah. to have you um, share right your, right. you know, share your, your words of, of wisdom and experiences. So if there anything else that you would like to share as we close on out, because we could do this all day. We talk all night long to the earth. Listen, <laughs> we still, we still have sleepovers at this age and we, we sure do. I That's just want to tell the world, like the last <laughs> time we were together, I was so mad at them. Oh my God. I was oh, well. Mad. And I'm trying to sleep and all I hear is like why she was mad though what happened because i couldn't sleep i'm like these women just still up what they doing well you that was your fault for yes bed and not wanting to listen with the key key with the rest this is what i'm saying that's why y'all was tired and nobody got no real rest and was that's why we do exactly why we did but yes, I love you both and value both and would like for you to share um, any last words and who you are and how people can get in touch with you, of course, because of course, my best friends are also dope entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, and so we got to put all their business in the streets before we close out. So share your last thoughts and how to connect with you and what you do. Okay. Um, my, the only thing I wanted to say was, um, additional thing I wanted to say was acknowledging how the world is also in our homes and how kids nowadays have to deal with some of the things, um, in a more, um, just constant way than we did, right? Like we probably got it, we got it more so on the playground and like when we were with our friends and things in school, but we could turn it off a bit, right? Because, you know, things, social media wasn't as prevalent as it was Mm -hmm. in those formative times. And just acknowledging that we have to amp up the way that we honor and support our kids yeah. in this day and time because the world is in our homes you know what I'm saying it's not just outside anymore um and so that takes us having to do a little more work in the way that we pour into and how we affirm and elevate them as much as possible so like you guys were saying like they get their identity from what we are pouring into them versus what Cause it's to hear about the whole suicides and things like that. It's just, it's hard to hear, oh, um, it is. you know, and I'm sure that it's more um, elevated now because of the reach, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going through something on their phone, you know, cause it's something happened on, so happening on social media and you just not be aware, but just to be more mindful as parents and caregivers and mentors and aunties and uncles out there, of just, you know, just staying more and more connected to our kids and our young adults too, you know? So that was the extra little tidbit. And I am Calvina Shelton, but you can call me Callie, your resident business strategist and launch doula, working with women to liberate their legacy as they transition from corporate back into full-time entrepreneurship. 
So I work with them on really creating a, what I like to call a lit launch system to help them to get to the next level of business. And you can find me on these internet streets on Facebook, Calvina Shelton, or Instagram forward slash, I believe that's also Calvina Shelton, um, <laughs> or um, my, site, my website, which is calvinashelton.com. So that's the easiest way to, to just connect. To say, and that's K-A-L-V as in Victor, I-N-A-S-H-E-L-T-O-N. Ow. Miss Bella. Come on. So I think my final words is just, um, especially for us bringing up the babies and the young ones, let's just continue to nurture them and teach them, um, you know, their value. And, but also in recognizing their value that not to devalue another person because of the color of their skin or the tone of their skin. Um, and let's continue as we have done and as we're doing to have the conversation with each other and not be afraid to say, you know, this is what happened to me and this is how it made me feel. Even if what happened to me happened five minutes ago and you're the person who said it. So, you know, let's keep continue to hold each other accountable, you know, for the things that are happening and try to make some change. As they said, like even at this age, we're like pushing 40. So it's still happening. So it's still very necessary. Um, I am Jaquel. Um, I'm known out here in these internet streets as Stylist Bella J. You can find me on social media at Stylist Bella J. And my website is bellaj.style. I am a wardrobe stylist and personal shopper to women on the go. And you know, holla at your girl for all your fashion and style needs. I'll get you right. I get her all the time. So I'm telling y'all, get <laughs> on what she's, uh, what she's doing because she's on and she's cute too. So, you know, when you see her, Girl, she can hear her thing. So yes, uh, just make sure that whatever hurt you feel you don't project that because that is what some of this stuff is that people mm-hmm. projecting onto others and let's, let's heal um, do the work, people. We got to do work, our own feel, work, grow, commit to that personal journey of self because it is all great. you can do to make the changes that you need to make. Therapy is real. Um, but anyway, we love y'all and thanks for tuning in to our little bootleg version of Say Word on Words from the B-Side. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation and that you got something from it and that you learned something that you were able to have the best friend experience. I love those ladies and what they, who they allow me to be, who they are with me and what our relationship has become. So I'm so glad I'm able to share real words of wisdom with you guys and insight on the way that we are in the black community with each other through that conversation with them anyway i'm gonna let you guys go because i have said so much in this episode and even though i could go on and on i am not going to do that to you i'm going to let you go don't forget to share this to like this to tell your friends about this and pray my consistency and strengthen the lord because i have just become so very fluid And just flowing, not hustling at all, just flowing in my flow and letting it be whatever it's going to be. And even though I like this space, I really am ready for 
the world to open up so that I can just bring you guys so much more of myself in a more present form. Um, I really think that that's what I want to shoot for in 2021 is just more in-person things, more things where I can touch you guys and we can be in the same room and really feel each other's energy. And so stay home, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, teach your children how to do the same thing so that we can get back to living. I love you guys and I shall see you guys on the other side. Hey, BU family, don't forget to follow on all social media handles, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and also go to www.beuncovered.org to join the mailing list and stay on top of all BU activities.